This is KDLL, 91.9 FM, Kenai, Soldatna. Listener-supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. You're tuned in to the Kenai Conversation. I'm Hunter Morrison. Today we are joined in studio by James Hornstein, programmer for the Anchorage International Film Festival. We are talking about the upcoming December Film Festival, his role in it, and his love for film. We also are talking about a few of the featured films. You, you mentioned that you're a programmer for the Anchorage International Film Festival. Um, I guess, first of all, tell us about your love for film. I've, I guess I've always loved films, you know, ever since I was young. Uh, when I moved to Anchorage in 2004, I found out that there was a, a film festival here. And when I lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, I used to go to a, a university and uh, and watch the uh, the independent and foreign films on Wednesday, Wednesday nights. And, and that's when I really fell in love with with the independent and foreign film genre of films. And then when I found out that there was a, a film festival in Anchorage, I was excited and I attended it. I, uh, I, I helped out there the first couple years I lived in Anchorage. And then uh, I moved to, uh, well, I moved down here. And then I moved to Seward and uh, I caught up to it uh, like a year later. And uh, I had finished watching a film and I talked to one of the people that presented the film and I said, now how do you get involved in these, who picks these films and, and how do I get involved a little more in, in these films? And so they, they took down my email address and uh, a few months later I got an email and they said, hey, would you like watching films? Maybe you'd like to, you know, help us be a screener. So I started doing that and I was lucky enough to have uh, plenty of time to be able to watch films and I watched as many films as I could and I loved it and I still love it cool and you you mentioned um you you watched started watching films at a a college in Erie Pennsylvania is that correct yes well I mean that's when my probably first exposure to foreign films and uh independent films and things like that uh you know I've always been a moviegoer uh, I remember something called drive-ins. I don't know if you, you've ever experienced that, but when I was a young man, that was, that was something to do. And, uh, you know, I, I wish we still had that, but that's how old I am. I've always wanted to go to a drive-in, but just never really had the opportunity to. There, there really, even where I grew up, there weren't any, and I don't think that there are any around here no. anymore. Um, so I'm curious, is it Gannon University that you used to uh, watch the films at? Yeah. I have a friend that goes there. (laughs) Yeah. So I used to go to the Mary D'Angelo center and, uh, and watch films there. They had them every Wednesday night and I, I got exposed to some just really great films and, uh, and I, I loved it. I tried to make it there every chance I got every Wednesday. And, uh, and then when I found out this was going on, I, uh, I fell in love with it again. Cool. And, you know, for movie buffs, this is probably the most difficult question to answer. All-time favorite film, what is it? You know, I, I honestly do not have 
an all-time favorite. You know, probably my favorite films are, you know, I love Goodfellas. I love, uh, you know what, that's a difficult question. And I, I could name you probably 50 films that I am in love with. Uh, I could name you 20 that I've seen at the film festival that I, I just love. I, fall, I usually fall in love with a movie for the festival every year, and then I just, it's my favorite one. It's, I have one this year, and, uh, you know, that's just, uh, that's just the, the way I am. I also screened for another film festival uh, back east in, uh, off of Cape Cod in a place called Woods Hole. And so I get exposed to a lot of films a year. I watch probably at least 100 films a year. And it's a great job about 27.5% of the time because there's a lot of not-so-great movies out there, too. Do you have like a, a fun, funny experience or story you'd like to share about a recent bad film that you watched? Oh, you know, I... I, I I attend a church here on Sunday, and uh, I go to a Bible, several Bible studies, and, and one of my Bible studies is on Monday night. And when I tell people that I screen films for film festivals, I some kind, you know, sometimes get the uh, eye rolling and oh, oh, okay. I'm always looking for a film that I can take to these people and say, you know what? You're going to enjoy this film. So there was one that came up a couple years ago called The Book of Mark. And it was about the, the, the biblical book of Mark. And it was made during COVID. And it was one guy reciting the entire book of Mark in his apartment. And every time he spoke the words of Jesus, he would run up to the top of the stairs and start talking as though he was <laughs> Jesus. And uh, it was so bad. It was horrible. And I really did not want to have that experience. But honestly, it was, it was bad. <laughs> and, you know, talking about good films, you mentioned that Goodfellas is one that stands out to you. Yeah. Um, you know, what, why does it stand out to you? Well, I think Americans are, uh, you know, we like, we like true stories, or at least I do. We like, we like seeing something that's kind of outside of ourselves. We like seeing the story of a person that lives an exciting life that we can only imagine or see on TV. You know, a Wolf of Wall Street, a Goodfellas, uh, you know, a war movie, and, uh, just you kind of get to experience someone else's life in a couple hours and the excitement uh, it's just the way the story is told it's just sometimes these things are they're fascinating but you know i i also love documentaries and sometimes those i i used to screen documentaries and uh i love those as well so yeah it's uh it's complicated. And one of the things that I found out is just because I love a movie does not mean that you're going to love a movie, the same movie. 
And I have a couple people on my team. I'm, I don't do this independently and then pick the movies. I'm on a team with two other people, and they are fantastic. But I've also learned to understand that, uh, that they see things differently sometimes. And uh, the things that I love about a movie, they don't see it that way. And, you know, sometimes we, we argue about which movies uh, make it into the festival. Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. That's the way the, that's the, way the game's played. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a, a fantastic movie called Tall Tales. It was from Hungary, and uh, it was a post-World War II movie about a person that went around. After the war, there was a lot of people looking for their loved ones. He would go around and he would find these people that were looking for someone. And then he would uh, tell them, oh, I, I knew your son or I knew your brother. And uh, he would tell them this fantastic story about how the, the last time he saw this person, he was rescuing a baby that they had come across. And then the last time I saw this person, they were taking a baby to the hospital to rescue it. And then these people would give him a place to stay, they would feed him, they would give him money, and that's how he made his living. The story was the same all the time. He was a con man. And then, uh, and then he ended up getting in trouble with the law, escaped to the woods, met up with a woman who had lost her husband, started a relationship. Well, the husband came back, and then there was trouble. And it was a great film, and I loved it. It was my favorite film that year. But my teammates did not necessarily agree that that was the best film. Uh, it ended up winning an award that year, so I felt vindicated for that. But there are other movies that, that I really like, and they never make it to the film festival, and, uh, you know, I'll never know. But sometimes I pick losers. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you uh, work, for the, or work with the Anchorage international film festival but you mentioned that you work for one out in cape cod um do you do you go out there just for this film festival or or what's kind of the scenario there i can't afford to stay in woods hole massachusetts in the summertime uh i mean i i can afford it but uh it's prohibitively expensive to to for me to go there and uh i am i am lucky enough to get a virtual pass so I can watch the movies uh, that I haven't screened. I can watch them online and I try to watch a lot of them. And then uh, sometimes there are movies that I see there that I will try to contact the filmmakers and persuade them to come to Anchorage. We had a movie here in Kenai, oh, about a year ago called The Race to Alaska. I caught it at the Woods Hole Film Festival, loved it great documentary. I don't know if you've ever heard of the race to Alaska, but it goes from Bremerton, Washington to, I believe, Ketchikan. I'm not sure. Boat race, no motors. People come up with these boats with bicycle driven propellers and, you know, carbon fiber frames. You get all kinds of, there was a guy on a paddle bar paddleboard that did the, the entire race and just an amazing story i loved it so i contacted the this guy zach carver and i said you need to come to alaska 
this for the and bring this film to Alaska. I said, first of all, Alaska is in the title of the film, so technically you're obligated to show it in Alaska. He brought it. It ended up winning an award. I don't know if it was the best documentary, but it did win an award at our festival, and I was so happy that we were able to bring it. It actually came to the Kenai, um, like I said, about a year ago. I I tried to promote it uh, when it came, but it was a uh, short notice. And for those of you that, that missed it, I think you can catch it on iTunes, and I really recommend it. It is just, it's just a fantastic documentary. Cool. And, you know, um, how, how is your experience working, you know, with this film festival in Massachusetts? How does it differ from the Anchorage International Film Festival? Well, you know, my director for the Anchorage Festival lives in Norway. My other teammate, uh, lives in Anchorage. So we do, I watch all of the films online and then we get together uh, every month, six weeks, and then we talk about what we've seen. We're assigned a certain number of films. We get through them and then we, we talk about them. It's pretty easy to separate uh, what we like and what we don't like at that point at each leg of the uh, of this journey that starts in May and then ends around September. And, uh, and then at the end, that's when the friction starts because everyone has their favorites. Everyone wants to see their movies in the festival. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of hash it out, figure out what we're going to, what we're going to have. And then hopefully the filmmakers will agree to bring their movies to the festival because, Sometimes they back out at the last minute for one reason or another, and uh, but I don't, I can't control that. And you, you mentioned that you're a programmer for the film festival. Yes. Um, kind of tell me about that role and what it entails. Well, it's kind of like being a screener. I started off screening films, and then uh, I would say what I liked and what I didn't like, and uh, and then I, it was up to a group of other people that were programmers. That program, that setup has changed. Now, you know, as programmers, our team watches every movie in our category. I'm just narrative features. So we watch those films, and I think this year we had 60. And then uh, we whittle it down to as many slots as we can fill for the film festival. And actually, uh, I was a little disappointed this year because we had to we had to make a smaller selection of films available because the documentary features or category is so strong this year. So we had to make room for more documentaries and uh, that's, that's okay. I love documentaries. I started off with this festival doing documentaries and uh, they're, they're great. And, uh, but uh, you know, some of my films got in and some of them didn't, but Oh, well, 60 films. That's, that's a lot to watch. Um, how long did that take you from May until sometime in September? And, uh, you know, it's, I, I kind of have a, I, 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 I have, a, I make a little time in the evening to kind of relax and, 
and catch a movie. I, sometimes I don't watch the entire thing in one setting, but I try to do that. Uh, in fishing season, it's very difficult because I want to be out catching salmon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I make it work, and sometimes it's late nights, and, uh, you know, you just kind of do the best you can, and, you know, you just you have to be, you know, committed. And remind me, how many films of those 60, you know, made it to, I guess, the film festival? Well, I believe there were probably about eight of the films that we screened. We got a film from the Anchorage Jewish Museum, I believe. Uh, I think it's called Farewell, Mr. Hoffman. We did not, we were not uh, given that film to screen. So I, I can't really speak about that film intelligently, but uh, they, they presented the film to us and we show it at the festival. And, you know, tell me about some of the films that you watched of those 60 that maybe stood out to you but didn't make it to that, that final round. Oh, boy, I would have to. You know, I, I'll tell you about a movie that, that wasn't at this festival. Is it, it was at Woods Hole. I love this movie. It was called Break Glass, and it was about uh, two brothers. Uh, the one had just, uh, his relationship had ended with his girlfriend. He was very depressed. It seemed like he was contemplating suicide. Then his brother comes back home to kind of watch out for him and kind of, you know, help him get back on his feet. And then they decide to do a road trip, road trip to... Uh, to visit a woman that he had dated before but had screwed things up with. And uh, I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. It was, you know, it was kind of a, an American Pie kind of road trip sort of film. But Woods Hole is not the place for that kind of film. I had hoped that it would come to the Anchorage Film Festival because we don't get a lot of comedies. And, you know, we usually are able to fit one or two in. Um, this one was really good. I liked it. But it was one of those things where I, you know, I lost the battle for that film. And Woods Hole has a more sophisticated audience. Um, a lot of scientists. There's a... There's a um, a science center. It's like one of the the largest science, um, what do you call it, sea life uh, science centers there. So you get an awful lot of doctors and and scientists and biologists, and and they just they're not into those kind of films so much. Um, and the people that I screen films with on that team, uh, they're they're more educated in film. They can speak intelligently about plot and antagonists and protagonists and they can use certain things to talk about films that I don't understand. I'm just the person who likes films. I don't know anything about filmmaking or story writing. I just know a good film when I see it. And like I said, I know what I like. And, and hopefully most of the time, most other people will like it too. But, uh, you know, um, that's the thing about film festival movies. Uh, they're not 
they're not Disney movies. They're not Barbie. They are somewhere um, somehow different. I think a lot of times they're more, um, you know, they're just a lot of great stories and uh, things you would never see at movie theaters uh, in town or in Anchorage. These are the kind of movies that you would see at the Bear's Tooth on an Art Monday. And uh, that's, that's why I love them. Cool. And um, remind me, how long have you been involved with the Anchorage International Film Festival? I believe I started there in 2015. So I, this is about my eighth year. <clears throat> I did some volunteering before that, but I didn't really consider myself a part of the festival. Uh, I, I started in 15. I started doing documentaries. And uh, I remember the first three films I got. Uh, one of them was about the red ruby slippers that Dorothy wore on The Wizard of Oz. And I looked at it. I saw the, the description, and I thought, I don't know if I'm a film festival screener or not, but I'm going to give this a shot. And it actually turned out to be a fantastic documentary. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, there was a couple other ones that I watched. Uh, I think Zero Days, I think, was the other one. And uh, No, it was actually another one. I can't recall the names of them, but they were, like, really good films and I'm like man I am so glad that I got involved in this this is fantastic and I watched I watched as much as I could and they loved me because I had opinions on everything and so uh, I, uh, I I just kept doing that and uh, and now I'm uh, I'm you know I, I do it and uh, I'm a part of the festival uh, you know I'm I'm the guy at the at the opener, and uh, I'm the guy at the closing party with the fur hat, and uh, I try to meet everybody. I become a different person when I'm there, and uh, and and it's just a part of me. I love it. And you touched on it just a second ago, but I guess what do you like most about this film festival? You know, there are so many things I love about the festival. The movies are fantastic. I'd love being able to talk to people that make movies, that are in movies, that love movies. I see the same people at the festival every year. It's like we're friends for nine days, and I don't get to see them until the next, the next season. Um, I, I love hanging out with the people that I screen films with online because other than this festival, we never get together. You know, my, my director's in, in Norway, and so she's here for a couple weeks. And it's, I just, I love it. And I love the movies. And I love the movies that I don't get a chance to screen to be able to watch them. And there's just so many good ones. And uh, I love to see the reaction of people that love the movies that I've loved and be able to say, did you like that movie? you know what, I love that movie. I helped pick it out and talk about it and see what they liked about it and just kind of, uh, you know, engage with the people and, and just, uh, just I, I'm a part of the festival. It's just, it's a part of me. And you mentioned that the director lives in Norway or is in Norway. Yes. Um, 
you know, do you do you see any other festival goers or maybe anyone who works with the festival from other countries or maybe other states? Oh, this is an international film festival. Yes. We had a film last year. It was the best documentary. Let me take let me step back here for a second. It won the best documentary at our festival. It was called King of Kings. And it was the I believe the Howard Jones story. Uh, a woman, she was from France, made this movie about her grandfather, who grew up in the United States, grew up in the South, became a doctor, uh, went to Columbia, became a doctor, but because he was African American, had a lot of trouble in the 20s and 30s practicing medicine. So he gave it up, and he moved to Illinois and started running a numbers game. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with what numbers are, but it was kind of like the, the uh, what, was, what was going on before they had uh, the daily lottery. It was very similar to that. It was, it was actually the beginning of the daily lottery. Their system became the Illinois state lottery. But along the way, he ran into trouble uh, with the Chicago syndicate People like Sam Giancana ran into problems with them. They wanted a piece of the action. So he quit and moved to Mexico. Had a thriving rental car business. Decided he was going to come back. Tried it out again for a little bit. Then moved to France in like 1939. Well, then things became difficult over there. He had a great life over there, but when World War II broke out, he had to come back to the United States and he started his numbers game again and that's when he ran into more trouble with the mob um, they killed some of his family members tried to kill him but it is a fantastic story I mean when I I sat with the filmmaker at the Bear's Tooth and watched this film and then later on I, I gave her a ride back to her hotel and we talked about it and she said I cut hours out of this film to whittle it down so it would fit into a format for a festival and uh you know i, I check in with her on facebook occasionally she's winning awards throughout the throughout the world for her film it is so good and you know these are the kind of films that you might see on pbs uh hopefully if you get a chance to see king of kings the edward jones story you'll love it it is it is fantastic. Um, my favorite film last year was called Big Crow. And uh, it's kind of difficult for me to talk about because it's a really sad story. But uh, that was the best documentary of the film festival last year, I thought. And uh, the problem I have is that, uh, you know, you'll never be able to see these films. Uh, these these films, once they leave the festival, you'll you'll probably never get a chance to see them, and that's that's really sad. So, and you know, switching gears here, you mentioned in our uh, email conversation that you live in Soldatna. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, you know, what made you decide to be part of a film festival that's a three-hour drive, especially this time of year, a treacherous three-hour drive from here? I. I just love film festivals. I love good films. And, uh, you know, well, you know, I, 
I used to drive to Anchorage. I used to drive to Bird uh, every other weekend. Because, you know, as I used to say, uh, I work in Soldatna, but I do all my living in Bird. And so that's where my hiking buddies are. Uh, you know, that's, that's where a lot of my friends are. I have friends here too. But on my weekends off, I'd like to get out of town. And so, you know, you make that drive, oh, a couple hundred times, and it just becomes so peaceful. And so um, it's, it's not that bad. I, I don't mind driving. Who minds driving three hours in Alaska? Everything's at least an hour away. So true. Um, yeah, I'm new to the area, so I've only made that drive a couple of times, but, um, I, I, I'm from Florida for reference. So, um, yeah, driving in the wintertime, that's going to be interesting and I have to catch a flight there next month. So (laughs) hopefully, hopefully I could (laughs) make it to Anchorage, uh, a okay. So anyway, you know, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm new to the area. Um, aside from the Anchorage international film festival, are there any film fests like here on the peninsula that you know of? Uh, there was a program that was on this station uh, last last year. It was called Movie Classics, and uh, Larry Opperman and David Regal at it. I called into the I called into the program last year around this time. We talked about films, and then uh, they were they were interested in putting together something for down here. They weren't exactly sure what it was, but they were kind of kicking that idea around. I said, you know, I know a guy that's a filmmaker from down here. Uh, he showed his film at the uh, at the Anchorage Festival, and it was about a, an artist named uh, Kent Rockwell, I believe. He has a couple of paintings at the Anchorage Museum. And he made a story because he spent some time here uh, down in Fox Island. I think it was Fox Island off of Seward. And so we contacted, uh, we got together and we started a Kenai Peninsula film group. And we would show short films at the Soldatna Public Library on Saturdays once a month. Uh, we are going to do that again this year. Um, we, we had some success with it. The library is kind of small, but we would we would fill it up with people and uh, and introduce them to some really great shorts programming and some movies. Uh, Larry was a big fan of uh, someone named Mo Yu or something French. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was <laughs> this guy made movies back in the early 1900s, and then they were they were just they were really good. Um, they were it was interesting to see the the films that were made over a hundred years ago. And then we would show short films, uh, some, some of them animated, some of them not, but a, a good collection of uh, films. And it would last a couple hours and, uh, you know, we'd have popcorn, talk movies, it's a good time. And, uh, and we're gonna continue to do that this year. Uh, Larry is, uh, I don't know, I think he's moved to back to Missouri or he's he's not really in state here uh often enough to keep that going but uh Eric Downs is is taking over and there's another filmmaker um 
Aaron. I can't remember his last name, but uh, he's from down here, and, and, and we're going to continue it. I'm going to help as much as I can, but uh, I honestly was not much help for that group. I, I helped bring everyone together, but uh, uh, after that, I kind of I kind of dropped the ball. So hopefully this year I'll, I'll do a better job. I didn't know that there was a, a, a movie group. Um, for you know anyone out there listening, mm-hmm. um, you know what kind of information would you like to, to tell them about this movie group? If you go to Facebook, Kenai Peninsula Film Group, and uh, look that up, it, it'll it'll help you. Uh, it'll guide you to to what's going on with that uh, with that group. Cool. And um, how many movies do you guys typically show um, per meetup? Six, about six short films. They vary in length from five minutes to, you know, maybe 20 minutes. Uh, we usually wrap it up uh, in a couple hours because we have to be out by the time the, the library closes. And uh, and so we, it's, it's, it's a couple hours. But, you know, the, the, one of the things about shorts programming, I, I was never into shorts until I started going to festivals and I started checking out. They lump like six to eight short films with a kind of common denominator in them and they put them in a, in a program. So you go to the theater, you're exposed to say six, eight films. The thing I love about it is you may find some films that you don't like in that, but overall you're going to come out and you're going to see probably five or six really good short films and you're going to be very entertained by it. We are lucky enough to have a really strong shorts program this year. Uh, like I said, I, I can't really talk about those films because I, I, I really don't know what, what they are. Um, if you go to the Anchorage International Film Festival.org website, uh, it will give you a brief synopsis of the films. Uh, the shorts programming it will kind of give you a synopsis of what the the theme of that shorts program is. And it varies. And, uh, but you know what? I, I guarantee it. You're going to like it. If you are just tuning in to the Kenai conversation, we are talking with James Hornstein, programmer for the Anchorage International Film Festival. We are talking about the film festival, his role in it, and his love for film. And, um, you know, talking about the Anchorage International Film Festival, I recently read that uh, Movie Maker magazine ranked it among the top 25 coolest film festivals in the world. You know, how does that, how does that feel? So cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be recognized as a, a you know, as a film festival uh, by, by the, the festival community. And uh, it's just... It's great to uh, to get a little more uh, publicity for our festival because, you know, I one of the things that's disappointing is, you know, I, I talked about the film Tall Tales. It was my favorite film a few years ago. I was lucky enough to introduce that film. So I went to the E Street Theater and I went in and there was probably seven people in that theater. And uh, I told those people, I said, you are so lucky because this is the best film of the entire festival and you are the only ones that are going to be able to see it. And I just thought so many people are missing out on this. It's, 
you know, there's nothing more embarrassing than having a filmmaker bring his film to the festival and then going into an empty theater and, and screening it. It's, it's just not, uh, it's embarrassing for them. It's embarrassing for me. I've, I've never done that, but there's, there's been those films where nobody, nobody showed up. So that's kind of the reason why we've, we've condensed it down. We've, uh, we've shortened the days that we have the festival. We've uh, shortened the list of movies. But we're bringing the best movies that we have that were, that were uh, submitted to our festival to the public because we know that, you know, in order for this festival to survive, we have to keep people coming back. We have to have interest in the festival. And kind of piggybacking off of my last question, you know, how do you think that this recognition distinguishes, you know, the Anchorage International Film Festival from, you know, other festivals worldwide? Well, unfortunately, I've never been to another festival. Uh, I've never attended personally. Uh, someday I would like to do a Sundance. Someday I'd like to do Woods Hole. Um, I would like to go to another festival and experience what they have to offer. We have, you know, well, the one thing that we have, and I don't, I don't really know how many of these places there are, but we are blessed to have a place like the Bears Tooth Theater where you can go and get a really good meal a root beer if you want or other beverages and see a really great movie it's you get the theater experience you uh you know you get a decent meal and I don't know where else you can get that um I, I know there are other places that have that same thing but that's a very that's a very unique thing that we have here in this state, and uh, and there is no other place like the Bears Tooth Theater for our festival. It is it is the best uh, venue that we have. You know, the Anchorage Museum is great. East Street Theater is good. Uh, the Alaska Experience, when uh, they have their equipment working, is great. But it's not like the Bears Tooth. And uh, Rolando does a very good job there. And, uh, you know, he cultivates an audience with his Art Monday programming. And, uh, you know, I will, I will go to an Art Monday movie and watch whatever he's putting on and put it up against every other film that's playing in Anchorage that week because they're that good. That, for me. And, you know, you mentioned it you, uh, just a second ago, you alluded to it, but, you know, why would you say this film festival is among the best? I guess uh, the people. We have a really good time. Uh, the films that we bring are, are top-notch. Um, the venue, the location, um, you know... Hey, you know, where else can you go and, 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 and uh, you know, experience Alaska, go to the Bear's Tooth, hang out at the after party at the Chilkoot Charlie's, go play bingo after the film festival opener, which for some reason my director loves to do, and uh, meet some of the, 
the greatest filmmakers in uh, in in film festivals from around the world. Uh, you know, I I I don't know what it is about this festival that makes me love it so much. I just do. It's why do I love chocolate ice cream? I don't know. It's just great. Cool. And so, you know, this festival begins on December 1st and starts off with a documentary titled Wildlife, the Lance Mackey Story. Tell me, just tell me about that film. The uh, Wildlife, Lance Mackey Story is a fantastic documentary about Alaska's greatest musher who experienced great triumphs, great tragedies, and a very complicated person. Uh, it is a wonderful story. Uh, it talks about the highs and the lows and the troubles that he's had. Um, it, is, it is what a lot of great documentaries contain, you know, the highs, the lows. But it's a great story. And it's about somebody that we all know here in Alaska or knew. And uh, the way it's done, uh, you know, his story just, it, it just kind of plays out and you're just amazed by it. It's, it's really, really good. And, you know, is there a standout moment from this film that you'd like to share? Well, I don't know if there's a standout moment, but I'll tell you, it showed a lot of, uh, like, it showed a lot of uh, time that he spent with his family. And, you know, whatever you think about Lance Mackey or thought about him, uh, you know, it presents him as a really good father and a family man. Um, you know, there's probably a lot of, uh, you know, bad things that people could say about him. I don't know. He had a, he had, um, problems with addiction and uh, he had a complicated life he had uh, you know uh, he was married a couple times and both of those women ended up dying and so his his life is just amazing in its in its triumphs and incredibly you know sad in in, in the things that happened to him throughout throughout his life and, you know, kind of, you kind of just touched on it, but, you know, what do you think makes this a good film to sort of start the festival off with? Well, because I think it, you know, for people here in Alaska, it gives us something that we kind of have uh, a, a little bit of knowledge about. It gives us something, you know, that we can relate to. You know, we've, we've all spent time here in the winter. Um, we we all have been exposed to the Iditarod through television or people that go there personally. Um, it's, uh, it kind of brings back memories of, of Lance Mackey because we've all heard of him. He actually lived down here in Kisilov for a time. So there's people here that probably knew him personally. Um, but there are people in the mushing community. There are people... Uh, throughout Alaska that know him and probably maybe knew his father who was also an Iditarod champion. So uh, we're all kind of familiar this, with the story of his life. But this kind of brings it out 
and presents it in a way that you can you can see the entire life of this person what what made him who he is how he got to where he was and then his tragic fall and later uh, death due to cancer and so I it's a great film to start the festival off you know I I would have picked one of my narrative features like Ariel um, but uh, I don't make those decisions and you know if you can tell me about some of the other films that will be uh, featured at the International Film Festival well there's one I screened last night so I would have be able to talk talk about it I can't really say too much about it because I don't want to give anything away. It's called Citizen Sleuth, about a woman, 20 years old, lives in Parkersburg, Virginia, and uh, she has a podcast about a car accident where a person is killed, but the circumstances of this car accident are so bizarre, she thinks there's more to the story. So she starts a podcast, and there are other people involved in this they are all like relatives of police officers in Parkersburg. So there's a conspiracy. And it's just interesting to see this young woman, 20 years old, who has so much life, so smart, so good at presenting this story. Um, it's just, it's really fascinating. And I don't want to say anything else about it because I don't want to give it away, but it's, it's a good documentary. Uh, it's called Citizen Sleuth. There's another one called Ranger. Uh, it takes place in Kenya, and it's about a group of women who are hired to become park rangers to protect the elephants. And uh, it's, uh, I haven't seen this one. I can't really speak about it uh, personally, but uh, a good story. Um, you know, it's, it has women's rights. It's about conservation. It's, uh, you know, one of the things I love about movies is it takes you to another place. It takes you to another country that you may never go to. And you kind of experience that through the film. And, uh, and it's really, really good. I believe that one is also playing at the Bear's Tooth. And then there was another documentary called Dusty and Stones. It's about two musicians from... Swaziland, but there's another name for it now. It's changed. The country's changed names. I'm not sure what it is. But these guys are country and western singers in southern Africa. And uh, I, I caught a little bit of it at uh, Woods Hole. And uh, they, uh, it, it's just a great documentary. Um, I, I wish I could talk more about it, but if you go to the Anchorage International Film org website, it will give you a synopsis of this. My favorite films, my two favorite films in the narrative features uh, category, one is, uh, is called Ariel, and it's about a woman and her brother that go to, uh, to Argentina. And uh, they, they moved there when they were very young. The brother thinks that he was adopted, and... He goes there because there was a lot of trouble back in the 70s in Argentina. And the government had killed a lot of people. And uh, so children were separated from their parents and then adopted by other people 
who were uh, involved with the regime there. And so uh, it is such a powerful film. It is fantastic. And the thing about, you know, it's like it opens up and there's a guy singing on the street. And this guy is a street singer. He's just set up there with his band and he is giving it all. And then later on when they're dancing and doing the tango, they just, those people are 110% all the time. And I just loved it for that. And this story is so fantastic. Uh, you would have to, you have to see it to, to understand it. But it is my, it's the one I fell in love with. So this is my number one. And then there was another one called American Meltdown. It's a comedy about a woman who's laid off and uh, goes into a depression and then one day meets a woman who picks her pocket and then ends up forming a relationship with this woman who was a lawyer and decided to give it up to become a pickpocket because she found that it was just much easier to do that instead of working. And, uh, and it is just hilarious. I, I loved it because this woman had so many problems in her life. And then this other woman comes along and, and kind of shows her the way to, to navigate all these things. It's, it is really, really funny. I loved it. And you alluded to it just a second ago, um, back to, you said your favorite film was Ariel. Yes. Um, you know, why would you say that's your favorite that's being shown this year? Well, because this story had so much depth to it. There was so much going on. And to the last minute of this story, things, it was like an onion. It just unfolded. And it just became so interesting and 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 it told this story about this guy who who thought he was adopted goes to argentina and and tracks down these people and and figures out where his life what happened in his life and how it transformed from argentina to when he lived in canada and the story that it tells is just fascinating um I loved it. I mean, it's, it is just truly a great story. I wish I could, I screened it like three months ago, so I, <laughs> I can't really. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of the Anchorage International Film Festival, what do you hope that attendees will sort of remember or take away from these films? I hope that people can attend and see that there are films out there that you're not going to see on Netflix. You're not going to see on Prime. You're not going to see at the movie theaters that are not only as good as those movies, but in a lot of ways better because the story, a lot of these are original stories and they are just so interesting and so fascinating and so good that you will love these films. And if you don't get a chance to see them at a film festival, you will never get that chance again. So you will see some of the best movies that you see this year at that film festival, no doubt. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't feel that way, um, you can bring your Rotten Tomatoes and hit me with them after the film, I guess. And, you know, kind of piggybacking off of my last question, what do you hope that, you know, festival goers take away from, you know, the festival experience as a whole? 
I hope they find that uh, that we are uh, just a, a really friendly uh, group of people who love films. We love talking about films. We, uh, you know, just love uh, the the social experience of of being around people that love films. And you know, uh, hey, you get to meet a filmmaker uh, of a movie that you really loved and talk to them and say. You know, why did you do this? Or how did you do that? Or, you know, ask what, you know, we have Q&As. And so maybe you want to become a filmmaker someday. You can go to a workshop during the festival and talk about screenwriting or talking about filmmaking or, you know, meet somebody that's done it and, uh, you know, just say, hey, man, where are you from? How did you come up with this story? And uh, it's just those kinds of things. You know, people, you know, you just start talking to people and, and, and you're going to find out there's some really great people there and you're going to love it. Hey, we're the coolest film festival on the planet, right? <laughs> cool. And, um, you know, anything in store for the future of the Anchorage International Film Festival? We just want to continue bringing great films to Alaska. Um, and... Maybe be even cooler next year. I don't know. You know, it would be nice to be on par with some of the bigger film festivals. We're, we don't have the budget of Woods Hole or, uh, you know, uh, what's the Sun, uh, uh, what am I thinking? Is it Sundance? Sundance, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the name of that festival. I just couldn't think of it. You know, we don't have those kind of budgets. We don't have those kinds of people backing us. But we do a pretty darn good job of bringing good films. And, uh, you know, we just want to continue to do that. We would like to have more people show up so we can attract bigger filmmakers and, and even better films. Um, there, was a, there was a few that, I, there's always a few that I'd like to bring from Woods Hole, but they won't come. So maybe next year. And, you know, for anyone out there who's interested, where can they purchase tickets? And, you know, where will the festival be taking place? The festival will be at the Bears Tooth. Uh, I would recommend if you want to go see the Lance Mackey story that you get your tickets in advance. It is probably going to sell out. Uh, you can get them at the venue or you can get them online at the Anchorage International Film Festival org website. You can buy a pass. You can buy passes for individual films. Um, and they're also being shown at the Anchorage Museum and I believe the E Street Theater. We talked about this before uh, with my director, but for some reason we're not showing at the Alaska Experience this year. But I'm pretty sure the, the, the uh, museum and the E Street Theater are other venues. But... Uh, you, you can look it up online and see a schedule there. Okay, great. Um, you know, is there anything else you'd like to touch on that, that we didn't talk about regarding the Anchorage International Film Festival? Just come and check it out. See a movie. Um, you know, try out this experience. And uh, I think you're going to come away loving it. So, you know, I know it's a long drive. It's three hours. But uh, if you're going to be in Anchorage between December 1st and December 9th, Come check us out. Come see me. Say, hey, I heard you on the radio.
And that's all for this episode of the Kenai Conversation. Thank you to James Hornstein for joining us. You can hear the Kenai Conversation every week on Wednesday at 10 a.m. and Saturday at 5 p.m. here on KDLL. Or you can find it on our website, kdll.org. I'm Hunter Morrison. Thanks for tuning in.